Hi, I'm Sarah. Welcome to Mind Tracker. Last week, I spoke at length about consciousness. It's one of those things where as soon as I stop recording the episode, I think to myself, I could have said this or I could have said that. I could have explained things better. And as I ended the last episode with promising you that I'm going to be talking about the theta waves today, I have a lot to share and a lot to tell you. And so without further ado, let's begin. For suggestions and feedback, you can write to me at info at mindtracker.org. And to support the show, you can head over to Patreon forward slash mindtracker. So talking about the theta state of the mind. So the theta state of the mind is where the mind is having frequency of 4.7 hertz. It is when your creativity is at peak, when you're deeply relaxed, when you're feeling intuitive. It's also the time when you daydream. So remember when we were kids, or if you see kids now, they often tend to daydream a lot while coloring a book or while playing, they'll be in their zone, just daydreaming about things. That's because their mind would slip into the theta state very easily. And they would also be very creative. So they would love more colors and cartoons and characters and bedtime stories. And why kids love bedtime stories and colors and all of these things is because it's quite meditative to them. They feel relaxed and they want to fall asleep really soon. <laughs> what happens as we grow up is we don't slip into the theta state as quickly as kids do and as naturally as kids do. And there are benefits to that. As grown-ups, we need to function. We need to concentrate, think, perform, and carry out various tasks. We also need to show mental agility in several places. And therefore, we need the other states of the mind as well to do all of those things, like the gamma radiations, the state of the mind where we have waves, which are called gamma. That's when you're highly concentrated. You're able to be focused. So why then theta state? The theta state where you're so relaxed and you're creative and intuitive is the place where we actually, during meditations, can carry out a process called co-creation. The theta state is a powerful state to access consciousness and to have healthy correspondence with consciousness. Healthy because that's the time when your conscious mind is so quiet that negative thoughts are not going to intrude. In fact, you're going to have correspondence which is quite pure, I would say. There is no contamination of any negative thoughts. You're, you're talking to your consciousness without having any splatter of energy. So your energy is focused in one place. When people slip into the theta meditation and they go into a state where they're very calm, their mind is relaxed, right? Their conscious mind is quiet. They're not at the time thinking about anything. They're just in the moment. They are present and their brain is in complete synchrony. This is the state where a lot of the magic happens. And when I say magic, what I mean is this. Imagine now that you are in a theta state and you're accessing consciousness. So you're directly in contact with the source, the unified field. You're not thinking about anything. You're 
all you're doing is now corresponding, having a conversation with this unified field. And let's say that there is something which is, which you want to focus on. Let's say that there is a scenario at work that you want to resolve. And you have an idea what that result would look like. All you need to do is go into theta state and visualize that scenario being resolved. And when I say visualize, it's not imagination exactly. Imagination means you're imagining things, but there is no faith or belief or intention that it's actually coming true. Visualization is an intentional imagination where you're actually looking at the scenario in your mind and resolving it the way you want it to be resolved. Because you're in theta state, you are in direct touch with the unified field. Whatever you're imagining intentionally, aka visualizing, that is the message you're sending to the unified field. And because the unified field is a plane of energy where everything already exists, the scenario that you are visualizing also already exists. You're merely visualizing it to bring it into your experience. As you visualize it and you set an intention that this is what you want to experience and you start coming out of your meditative state, you will remain in the alpha state. That is like a passive state, relaxed but not very relaxed. You can still, you know, carry out your daily activities. However, you are passively thinking. When you are in your alpha state, that is when you must know that whatever you have visualized is going to happen. It's already done. It's done and now all you have to do is act as if it's done. And then comes the state of being. And maybe what I'm saying is like too much back to back to back, but this is this is all that you really need. This is the magic trick. You visualize in the theta state. You come out of the meditation. You are in the alpha state and you believe it to be done. And now you're in the state of being where it's already done. You are going to see it happen in your life. There is no other way. Obviously, if you're new to meditations, if you're new to the whole consciousness, the work of energy, how your brain works, how your mind works, this may seem a little out there. It may also seem a little you know, unconvincing, but give it a try. Maybe it works for you when you try it. And I will be creating more resources for you to use this in your daily life and perhaps walk you through them. I will be talking about them in the end of the episode. So for now, you're in that state of being, right? Where whatever you have visualized has already happened. That state of being is so critical. It is what's going to bring it into existence actually so let's talk about the state of being from two perspectives from a sciencey perspective and from a non-sciencey but more like philosophical perspective <laughs> and so from a sciencey perspective in physics there's something called the observer effect which means that essentially if there is an observer that is the only time an event is which essentially means that if there is an observer, so there are two sets of eyes, and they expect to see something, that is what they're going to see. So 
let's say that there is an experiment and through the observer's effect, you're thinking that as you look through the microscope into the object that you have on your tray, you're going to see three particles. Because of the observer's effect, you will be seeing three particles even if other people are not able to see it. Your mind is able to conceive it in a way that you can see it. When this observer effect stretches to our reality, what it's trying to say is that whatever you start expecting is what you start experiencing. And while you may not be able to make a connection right now straight away, waves, radiations, energy, this is how things work. And let me know if you want me to go in great depth. I love <laughs> being nerdy and I love talking through science about all of these things because this is very much practically physics. And so I would love to do that. Just let me know. Um, so yeah, if you start observing something, that is what you start experiencing. So going back to the alpha state and going back to the state of being, when somebody's in the state of being and they're believing that something is done, a resolution is done that they've visualized in their meditation, that is what they're going to experience. Now, talking about that state of being through a non-sciencey lens, I have a story to share. So I was scrolling through Instagram and I saw Garen Jones. And Garen Jones is a fantastic public speaker. He has had some experiences which are quite interesting and they're quite um, useful. He was talking about his personal experience in the prison. And he spoke about something which I believe is going to be very useful for you to know. It's going to highlight the importance of state of being. So Garen's story was something like this. Everything was going for Garen, and he had music videos, collaborations. He was getting his billboards in Times Square. He was doing well. He's an artist, so he was doing really well. During that time, he gets an offer that he would get a sum of money if he takes some drugs. And I'm not sure if he knew they were drugs or not, but he was supposed to take a package and drive it across the border and he would be rewarded with a sum of money. So Garen does that. He gets caught and then he goes to prison for 12 years because the police is able to find more than six kg of heroin. So he goes to prison. Now in prison, he and the rest of the people were allowed to watch a movie called Shawshank Redemption. In Shawshank Redemption, there is a dialogue which one of the characters say, and it was something like this. Shawshank, by the way, is also based in prison. So they're quite relatable to the people who are watching. So in Shawshank, the dialogue was, they can take everything from me, but they're not able to take my mind. So in the movie, the person who was in the prison was referring to the people outside of prison in authority and saying that they can take anything from me, but they cannot take my mind. And that is what clicked with Garen. And he starts to reflect on it. And he thinks to himself that this is true. When I was a free man, I would tell myself that I feel like I'm in a prison in my body. And he would say that to himself. And that obviously changed his state of being, right? He actually believed he's in a prison in his body. 
and he ended up in prison. So he thought, very smartly, if I can use my mind to get me into prison, I can also use my mind to get me out of prison. So from now on, I am a free man. And so Garin starts doing everything a free person would do. He was singing. He was joyful. He would do everything that made him genuinely happy. He completely embodied the person or the version who was free. So even though he was in prison, if you would look at his state of being, he was actually a free man in his state of being, in his mind. He never identified himself to be in prison. So, because all of these things work, your mind is connected to the unified field. What you're thinking over time deeply and actually believe in your subconscious mind is what you will experience in life. Because these things are true, what started to happen with Garen is that after two years, he actually gets set free. Remember, he was in prison for a 12-year sentence, and he gets free in only two and a half years. And that happens because all of a sudden, out of nowhere, the drugs that were confiscated at the time of his, um, you know, when he was being arrested, they were tested. And the police found out that 90% of the drugs were fake. Only 10% was real. And for that 10%, he had already been in prison and served his part. So now he's free. These drugs were tested before as well three times. But remember, his state of being at the time he was being arrested was that he felt like he was in a prison in his body. And that state of being brought him to a prison in reality. At the time when he was being free, the state of being was that I am a free man. So something had to happen, right? Something had to happen for him to be free in reality as well. And so the drugs got tested and he was set free. This is a phenomenal story. It's very simple, but it gives us a massive opportunity to learn and understand that the relationship we have with our mind and the relationship we have with the reality around us is a relationship that we can be aware of and use it to our advantage. We can benefit from that relationship and we can be careful with that relationship. If our mind is actually always dictating how our reality is going to turn out, that means we can now play with it a little bit. Perhaps we can experiment in the beginning and we can start making small changes in our mind and our thought process, in our belief systems, through meditation, through techniques which work. And then slowly and gradually we can make bigger changes. And ultimately, we can start living a life that we're very happy with. And as I mentioned earlier, the unified field is unlimited, and so are we when we get in touch with that unified field, right? So through these meditative practices, when you start getting in touch with unified field, and you start changing your state of being as if you have those things that you desire, as if you are the person that you want to be, there is no limit to what you can achieve. You're pretty much unlimited at that point. With that note, I'm going to move on to Jose Sola. So I mentioned in the last episode about Jose Sola. 
Jose Silva's meditations were more transformative. He had a few types of meditations. And what I liked about Jose Silva was that he took his time. He researched for years before he came up with these methods. He tried it out on his kids, and then he tried it out on other people that needed benefits from those meditations. And afterwards, the word started to spread. And he started to get traction. Then he would go and do workshops around the world. And that's how his meditation techniques got known. What I liked about Jose's work was that Jose understood the human mind like nobody else has understood so far. He created methods which reprogram the subconscious mind through meditation. You probably have heard about affirmations, right? We all love a good affirmation. And an affirmation is valuable because if, for instance, there is something that you do not like in your life, an aspect of yourself or an aspect of your life that you do not appreciate, to bring about a change, you can start using affirmations. And what starts happening is that affirmations start to change the belief embedded in your subconscious mind over time. So let's say that somebody wants to believe that they are healthy and beautiful. And they start with affirmations such as, I'm thankful to be healthy and beautiful. And let's say that this person never thought that they were healthy and beautiful. And they think about themselves quite oppositely. And then they start using this affirmation. What's going to happen over time is that they're going to start believing in these words. And as they repeat these words to themselves, it will start to seem like a fact. And they will start to feel healthy and beautiful as well. They probably are going to be making healthy choices. There is a shift in identity taking place over time because of this affirmation. Now, let's look at the meditation. In meditation, you tap into deeper levels of the mind. The parts of the mind where you are accessing your subconscious mind. When you start using affirmations in deeper levels of your mind, when you're deep in meditation and let's say you're using affirmations over there, you're no longer just affirming something, you're pretty much reprogramming yourself. You're embedding a belief system in yourself. And the benefit of reprogramming yourself during meditation with a belief that you like is that it's going to stay. It's going to have more impact on you. If an affirmation would take six months for you to believe and actually transform into the person who believes that affirmation is a fact for them, the meditation would probably speed up the process for you much more. And it varies from person to person, but with my personal experience, I've noticed that things start to change pretty much instantly. You instantly start to feel like a different person. And if you repeat those meditation practices over the course of a month or over the course of two months, you will truly feel like a different person. In two months, you will feel like you're a new person. Repetition is key because you are, after all, removing the old programming and instilling the new programming. During the meditation, as you reprogram yourself, sure, you start to feel like a different person, you start to see yourself like a different person, 
And then comes the habits, the systems that are embedded in your mind. So if you're somebody who is now feeling healthy, there is a new system required as well. Perhaps you make healthier food choices, and then you make healthier activity choices. You start to reduce your screen time. You start to increase your sleep hours. You start to go for runs. And slowly and gradually, you truly are now becoming the person that you reprogrammed yourself to be. That's what Jose has done with his techniques. Another thing that I really admire about Jose is that his techniques are essentially mind control techniques. If somebody is able to control their mind, is able to control the state their mind is, and therefore is able to control the wave frequency of the mind, that's a major accomplishment. And that means that they can use their mind to improve their potential, to focus, to concentrate, to excel in their work, to increase their efficiency. Having control over your mind means you have control over how well you can use your resources that you have, your talents, your skills. And the beautiful thing about mind control is that with Jose's technique, a lot of people who were dealing with mental illnesses saw an improvement in themselves. So people who would get emotional very easily or who experienced episodes of clinical depression or anxiety or even more complex mental illnesses like ADHD, dyslexia, etc. The mental programming that is done through Jose's techniques enabled those people to gain control over their mind so much so that they reduced the episodes of depression. They were able to reduce the episodes of anxiety. They were able to better control how fast they are able to learn, how well they're able to learn, how well they're able to work. It truly changed them for the better. And that's why I'm a massive fan of Jose Zilla and, and he deserves to be credited. Now the question is, what are those meditations? <laughs> how can one do those meditations? How one can do those meditations, I, I think I'll have to do a workshop on that, but I can definitely walk you through as to what those meditations are like. So Jose's systems, it, Jose had a system where he would take people through the alpha level meditation. So people, so the one who's practicing the meditation would calm himself down and go to an alpha level and over there is able to then start programming themselves. If that is the intention of the meditation, they're also able to find solutions to their problems in that estate. Alpha level, which I mentioned in the last episode, is an important level for people who want to gain efficiency at work, who want to just be the best of themselves. It's quite transformative. Because it is tapping into your subconscious mind, which dictates 90% of your behavior. Your conscious mind is controlled by your subconscious mind. So if you want to change your behaviors, how you feel about certain things, how you perceive certain things, it's important to change the programming on which the conscious mind is running. And the programming is stored in the subconscious mind. The subconscious mind starts to form in infancy. And That is the time when unknowingly an abandonment 
or deep attachment or any kind of abuse leaves a massive mark on an individual because their subconscious is now programmed, which takes any observation they made as absolute facts. And that is what dictates 90% of their behavior and their decisions. So through Jose's exercises, you're able to tap into your subconscious mind and start changing the programming of your subconscious mind. That means that you may need to visit an event that happened in childhood, which left a huge impact on you, and address it. And once you address that event, you understand that you also had a belief system because of that event. I made an entire episode on this, and you can check it out. I'm going to link it in the description below. It's all about the belief systems and how they impact you. And essentially what Jose is doing is that he's allowing you to change your subconscious mind programming. Now how you perceive things, now how you view things, see things, feel about them, and believe about them is changing. And ultimately you as a human being are also changing. And what I appreciate about this knowledge that the subconscious mind starts forming in infancy is that sometimes there are so many cycles which are repeating in our lives again and again and again and again. And when we go to the root of that cycle, it's a belief that we have about ourselves, which is coming from an an event that happened in our infancy. So if somebody believes that they are not lovable because somebody left them when they were kids, Sorry, I just want to give a trigger warning here. So in that case, if somebody feels that way, if somebody feels they're unlovable or they're easy to be abandoned, they're just horrible feelings, right? But people experience that. And when they feel that way, they go into relationships, oversharing, giving more. Not because the other person asked for it, but because they believe that they need to do that in order to be loved. When the other person experiences this oversharing and overgiving behavior, they may pull away. In turn, making this person who's giving so much feel that, see, no matter what I do, they don't love me. So it's true. I'm not lovable, if that's a belief that they had. But during the meditations and techniques that Jose has introduced, you can change this programming and you can instill a better programming like, I am lovable. And with this new programming, the way you approach relationships is going to be different. You're now going to be approaching relationships with a feeling of having respect and contentment within yourself, knowing that you're lovable. And what it's going to do as a result is going to change any cycle happening in your life. So if you have had a cycle where a lot of people were pulling away, Now, with this new identity that you have, people will start respecting you because you are going to start respecting yourself and are going to have healthy boundaries. You may not be oversharing. You're probably going to be showing a lot of love to yourself. And we all know if somebody loves themselves and respects themselves in a healthy manner, they attract individuals who love and respect them as well. So that's Jose Silva's amazing techniques and meditations i would actually love to talk more about it there is just so much to always always say in this in this area of the power of the mind consciousness and how 
we as human beings have this amazing potential because of our mind, because we're able to access consciousness and because we're able to access such deep levels of our mind, of our brain, and are able to reprogram ourselves. We can transform as much as we like. We can excel as much as we like. We can have as much potential as we like. Really, the sky is the limit. And that's why this, these mental techniques are so powerful and valuable. With that being said, um, if you have any questions, if you have reviews and suggestions, please write to me at info at mindtracker.org. And to support the show, you can head over to Patreon forward slash Mindtracker. Both links are going to be in the description below. 